0: Well, thank thank you, Dustin. Um, I'm very thankful to the Lord for arranging this um, uh, series of what we call Perfecting Fellowship for the Working Saints in Northern Cal. Um, um, It is um, conceived that this fellowship uh, uh, through, I think, many months of uh, fellowship and it if I may even say so, many years uh, of uh, uh, burden and fellowship concerning the working saints. Uh, I mean, I'm here kind of a bit nostalgic, but uh, uh, my involvement <clears throat> in with the Northern California churches uh, actually dated back to 2012 or 13. I don't even remember correctly. When, uh, the brothers, some of the brothers invited me up to, uh, Northern California to join some of these working saints retreat. Uh, that was uh, at least a couple of times for me, two or three times up in Angel's Camp there. Uh, I remember those times fondly, uh, smaller number, but, uh, uh it was a, they were good times. And, uh, since that time, uh, that, Pretty much opened the door for me to, you know, do other things uh, in Northern Cal in the subsequent years, including the uh, training for the uh, uh, the elders and and various conferences and, and 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 other activities. And even during those subsequent years, <clears throat> uh, I think at least there were two or three other Working Saints conferences. As I recall, but not in Angels Camp, but down at Red, some some Redwood Forest or whatever um, that that place down towards Santa Cruz. And uh, <clears throat> I remember that I think at the highest point uh, uh, there were something like four or five hundred uh, brothers and sisters gathered together, or cumulatively throughout the 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 two day weekend, uh, two or three days weekend. So um, the um, I in that sense I did have a touch with the quote unquote young working saints. And uh, uh, in your in Northern California, so this time when the brothers uh, brought up a, uh, again this burden, uh, I, I which I echo. Uh, I do realize that uh, the the uh, the spirit is not done uh with this burden, and not only so, I would dare say the this burden um uh, for the working saints is uh, 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 is now intensified um, and the fact of the matter is it is now uh eight years seven or eight years since i first, uh, were with those brothers and sisters. Look, those who were at that time 30 years old now are closing into 40 years old. I mean, time flew by very, very quickly. And whereas at that time you might not, not have been so-called middle age, today you are middle age, fair and square. And those who are 40 years old then, today are 50. Can you believe that? Um, and so um, this uh, matter of the working saints is actually not a once and for all burden. It is one of those continual burden uh, in the churches, uh, in the Lord's recovery. And that is we need to continue to uh, perfect <clears throat> and raise up uh, uh generation after generation of brothers and sisters to bear the Lord's testimony in the churches everywhere. Talking about the testimony of the Lord, the testimony of the church, the church life, um, uh, we have to go back just real quick here uh, to the, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to the matter of how the testimony of a local church is maintained. According to some fellowships, some messages Brother Lee gave, uh, wonderful messages back in the late 70s, um, which were com- uh, um, um, published uh, in book form. Uh, you should get that book if you haven't done so. I have actually mentioned this before. Uh, it's called All Ages for the Lord's Testimony. All Ages for the Lord's Testimony. The point being that that for a strong testimony of a local church, um, we need all ages. Um, and this is, of course, uh, based on the book of Numbers. And if you read it, that book, and if you read the book of Numbers, um, which is a, uh, book on numbering Israel, uh, for a warfare, for warfare. Uh, and number two, numbering them, especially, uh, the tribe of Levi, the chosen tribe, uh, by God to, uh, maintain uh, the tabernacle. Um, and all the furnishings within it, and to take care of all the uh, various what we call Levitical service services in the tabernacle. And mind you, this tabernacle was called the tabernacle of the testimony. That was the testimony uh, of God, uh, because the Ark of the testimony resides resided in it, in the holiest of all. And so you need a group of people. Uh, you need a, a group of people amongst the Israel uh, Israelites to be assigned to, uh, to dedicate themselves, in fact, to be full-timers, as it were, to handle and, and maintain and to take care of and to tend the needs of that testimony of God on the earth at the time. And so um, that would be one book. And by the way, I would give you another book. Uh, these would be the two books I would recommend to all working saints. Uh, if you want to read something uh, about um, the ministry's burden for you. And that would be the, uh, the book that I used a whole lot uh, in these, other, these retreats I just mentioned, um, you know, in the past decade. And that would be the book messages uh, for the working saints. And uh, whereas the first book was given in the late seventies, this would be given uh, ten years after that, in the late eighties, uh, around the eighty-seven. The first book probably seventy-seven or so. And they were given the, sec- uh, the, the second. The messages in this second book were given in Taiwan. Uh, when when uh, our brother was there uh you know for 4 to 5 years and so um these are the two books that is always with me and when i uh um get involved with the working saints i always reach out to uh look over them again um i consider them classic uh, speaking I consider them a, a a map a road map if you will um uh to give to to give us um, um a a some guidance on how do we help the working saints now uh, nowadays <clears throat> uh uh I'm the one at least one of the the, the ones who make the suggestion we somewhat jaceton this word young this adjective young because it uh it uh, it uh, tend to be make the uh, uh, situation a little bit too exclusive for uh, for comfort and uh and also the the age range are uh, unlike in the old testament in type uh, are really not so uh, hard and fast you know this age to that age exactly uh, uh nowadays so we now just are talking to the working saints. I feel much better about that. Now, what would be that age bracket? Let's go back to numbers. Again, not to take that legally, but it does, it does supply us with a, with a kind of a reference point. <clears throat> so in over there, if you can believe it, they counted starting with the, uh, one month old. One-month-old babies were even counted, um, um, you know, um, in the service, in the service uh, related to the tabernacle. Now, what can one-month-old do? Probably not much, but they were mentioned. They were numbered. Then you have uh, uh, those who are uh, 25 years old, 25 years old, and... Uh, Th- those would be the ones that will enter into five years of apprenticeship. So there would be 25 to 30, the age of apprenticeship. Then from 30 to 50, 30 to 50, that would be the group of uh, people, uh, Levites, that would um, uh, actually serve. They're actually um, engaged in, and, and, uh, officially if you will uh serving uh um, to take care of various things of the tabernacle and they have very very detailed assignments from from God and through Moses uh you know this family to, they 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 locate themselves in different uh northeast uh, north south east and west uh side of the tabernacle and they all assigned different uh, jobs and functions in the tabernacle in taking it down in raising it up in uh uh positioning the various furnishings and of course in aiding the priest uh in the in their priestly work to make offerings and and so on and so forth so it's a lot of work and that would be the central work at that time uh, of the priests uh, of god uh, because the tabernacle was the center of the life of Israel, of that nation, of that people. And that's where God's testimony is. That's where God was in at that time. Um, he would present himself and he would appear to Israel um, in the uh, um, holiest of all, um, um uh, in glory and to the uh to to the high priest and the uh, uh pillar of cloud and pillar of fire by day and night was where the tabernacle was and so uh, uh so God is um, amongst israel uh, 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 in this tabernacle, and so this becomes the testimony. Uh, uh, this tabernacle of testimony, um, uh, um, the testimony of God on the earth. So um, so who are the working saints? Well, I would say, uh, again, not legally, these are the ones, uh, I would say roughly, uh, from age 25 to age 50. What uh, I wouldn't call it middle aged, because you wouldn't call 25 a middle aged person, uh, but loosely, let's call them the working saints. Now, there was another line of numbering, and that is the numbering of all the males in Israel. And that's not just numbering the, uh, the tribe of Levi. And uh, that numbering was for warfare, okay, for battle. And that number starts with age 20. Age 20. What is age 20 today? College age. <clears throat> Am I right? Exactly college age. These are number to fight fighters. You know, today, even in the military in the U.S., uh, the qualification is you've got high school diploma and you're, uh, you're 18 years old or something like that. You are um, uh, qualified to enlist um, in, in, in the various branches of the military here. So it's very, very close to what they did in Israel. Age 20, you can fight and there will be no upper limit there. Uh, uh, for example, the, we always mention the case of, uh, uh, <clears throat> Caleb, right? Uh, who fought all the way, um, not only, uh, uh in the wilderness, but um uh, but but uh, even all the way into the good land, which only he and Joshua, his partner, had the right to enter into the rest died in the wilderness. Um, you know all those who came out of the wilderness died who are over twenty years old, all right uh, but those who are under twenty years old uh, survived uh, that uh, that wilderness and they enter into uh the uh the good land and so um so um uh, uh right off the bat after they left exit uh egypt uh in that exodus they already uh, uh, actually God called Israel an army his army his people his army and there uh, uh they have already those who are 20 and above and um eventually this uh, Caleb uh was uh, over 80 uh, when he went to um uh Joshua to claim uh, his allotment of the land uh a good portion uh um, of the land there and so um so uh, no limit as long as you have the strength you can fight uh, but that is another line of numbering. I'm not talking about that today, although that has uh, re- is related to what we're talking about here. And um, um, just by the way, we really um, uh, the the uh, if I would even say some of the high schoolers and for sure the college age are um, well qualified to be fighters in the church life. The frontline line fighters. Um, I surely remember. That's what I did. And uh, was high school when I was college. I was called and I was numbered and I was in the Lord's a soldier in the Lord's army at that time. Um, and I hope uh, our uh, high school and college age uh, would be burdened in this way, would be charged in this way, would be strong in this way. Young men, you are strong uh, because the word of God dwells in you. You have overcome the evil one. That's a word to the young person, the young soldier, one who should battle uh, for the Lord, for the gospel, for the kingdom, for God's interest on the earth, for the church life. But as far as the maintenance <clears throat> of the Lord's testimony, that tabernacle, It falls into those who are a little older and those who have been trained. So five years of apprenticeship of learning and then 20 years of actual service. Now, you then say, what about those who are older than 50? All right. Older than 50. Of course, today, many older than 50 are still working. You know, they work all the way to 65 or something. But in those days, uh, at age 50, they retire from that service. But the Bible didn't, that kind of retirement is not you go home and go fishing. That kind of retirement, uh, in the context of numbers, was that these experienced ones uh, who have served for 20, 25 years, it is now their turn to what? To teach, to mentor, to perfect the younger generation to do what they did and so this completes the picture you do you see the church life in this picture in our church life today uh, uh not in every place but normally uh, you have all this uh, age brackets all right we have the young people we have the uh the uh the college age and as far as the priests uh, the, the Levites and uh, uh, we all are today God's priests. We all are in the tribe of New Testament tribe of Levi. And so um, um, uh, uh, amongst us uh, we have we should have these that are age 25 to 50 who would be trained and perfected <clears throat> to take on the actual maintenance of that tabernacle, with all the things that go with it, the services, the offering, and of course, uh, um, <clears throat> in in the type, you have the house of Aaron, uh, who are the actual priests, and the rest are this the Levites, who are the assistants to carry out all the practical work uh, in that tabernacle uh, for that priesthood. But today, in the New Testament, uh, in a very good sense, we are. Levites and we are also priests. We serve uh, as priests uh, in the spiritual things. We also serve the Lord in the practical things. We are uh, both Levites and priests in a very, very good sense. And so, um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, today, uh, this is the need in the local churches all the time. And that is for this age group of brothers and sisters, let's say from 25 to 50, and not legally, right? But roughly, this is the group of saints we look to, to what? To maintain the testimony of Jesus in a city, the church life. So brothers and sisters, if you fall into this age bracket, you are a priest and a Levite, in this age group, and the burden falls squarely on your shoulders to bear the testimony of the Lord in the church, in your locality. And I say this in a very, very um, um, a, a sh- sure way. I say this in a very, very strong way, and I'm not just making this up. This is how it should be. And even in the recovery in the, our church life, uh, we have seen this, uh, that to be the case. Uh, I can tell you my my little story, and that is um, um, I was um, uh, at age 25. That's the year I got married. And um, I just uh, have uh, finished my master's degree. Uh, I just started a job. I'm a working, I was a working saint but i can tell you at that time i start to truly apprentice apprentice and when i say apprentice i mean i was not just in a local church apprenticing which i did uh even uh since the time i was uh in in my in my coll- in college but when i say apprentice i mean i was sent out uh, uh to a new locality to begin a new church in southern california at that age and and um that was a training time and that was roughly for me uh about uh, 5 years or so uh, strangely uh, or coincidentally um and that's where i learned how to serve um how to lead how to function uh how to uh, have meetings uh how to um uh pray, how to arrange things in the church, how to um, uh, take care of the Levitical matters. Of course, I don't mean all by myself, but I mean I was put into such a position to do that. And today, looking back, I can tell you I would, uh, I'm would. i very, very uh, uh, grateful to the Lord for those years um, to learn to do things hands-on and, um, and, um, uh, directly, directly. Um, and then, and then, uh, uh when I was, uh, 30, a little bit over 30, um, I, uh, uh enter into the Lord's work. Uh, my Brother Witness Lee called some of us at that time to become his young co-workers, to serve with him. And so, um, and at the same time, not only to serve in the work, but still taking care of a church at that time. From, of course, I moved from church to church, but the point being that uh, from uh, that age until, uh, for sure, until I until I was 50, for sure, I was, uh, doing my actual service, doing my actual service. Um, uh, then you say, well, what do you do after 50? Well, I continue to serve. But I can also tell you increasingly, uh, even since age 50, um, while I was serving, uh, more and more of my burden turned to my own direct serving, to the perfecting and the raising up of another generation of young working saints or working saints to serve uh in my stead to to um, i i vow not to replace them i vow to give them room i vow to uh, uh donate or, or rather d- dedicate my time and energy uh, not to do the work myself but to raise up the young young generation to do that work I did that, I must say, until today. I'm still doing this. Um, and so um, um, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one with this kind of experience that would somewhat mirror uh, the Old Testament type. But I say this not just to tell you my story. I, I want to tell you that this is how it works, and this is how it should be. So this morning, as I'm here talking to uh, hundreds of the uh, uh, brothers and sisters uh, in this uh, in, in this fellowship, I uh, uh, urge you, I, I charge you, um, uh, um, that uh, all of you, if not all of you, many of you, will take this matter seriously. Uh, if you are in that age bracket, 25 to 50, again, not legally, okay. I'm just saying in that, in that uh, uh, range of ages, your calling, your vocation, your obligation, your responsibility is to maintain the Lord's testimony in your church. Whether you become an elder or not is not the main point. Whether you are designated some kind of deacon or not is not the main point. And surely this will include very, very much not just the brothers, but the sisters. And I'm going to say something in, in, in a moment about how important the sisters are. All right. Now sisters will never be elders. Okay. Uh, they could be deaconess, but they can never be elders. So it's not a matter of position. All right. And some kind of a po- official position you know, some kind of uh, uh, official assignment. No, this we're in a spiritual realm. So you have to see this vision according to the type. And you also have to see this vision according to the New Testament pattern. Um, um, uh, I would say even human society would reflect this more or less. The main... Uh, 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 th- th- these working uh, 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 class or age group of uh, population are the ones who are bearing the bulk of uh, the, the the burden of this nation am i right uh, it, whether in military in in commerce in 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 various departments of society in, um, they are the ones that it's their time to do just that. So we are in what? Uh, not in the world. We are ecclesia. We are called out uh, uh, and a called out assembly in the world. We are the church of the Lord. So we're not. Uh, while we may live in society and do certain things in society, we all know our real calling. We all know our real career. We all know our real uh, vocation. It's a heavenly one. It's a spiritual one. It's a godly one. Um, and uh, especially here, we're in something called the Lord's recovery. While in Christianity uh, circles, um, um, this may not be the case. But in the Lord's recovery, this must be the case. Because the Lord's recovery means we are being recovered back to the beginning. What was and what was lost, we are coming back to the beginning. And so we're coming back to the Bible. We're coming back to what God has ordained um, in the Old Testament type again and in the New Testament fulfillment of those types. So, uh, brothers and sisters, I'm here with a heavy burden I'm speaking to working saints again. I, I want to tell you in this perfecting fellowship, I'm going to, uh, uh, if you don't mind, shoot straight with you. I'm going to be very, very, uh, um, uh open with you. I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to, uh, open, uh, uh I'm going to speak directly because, um, the need is present. And um, and also, I feel the time is in Northern California, the time has come after this, uh, this last decade, especially, for these ones to fully take ownership uh, of the church life, to bear the burden as pillars in the house of God, to um, be the very priesthood, a priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices um um, um in the in the in spiritual house and and uh, the burden is squarely on your shoulders you have no excuse this is the time now it just so happens it is in this age uh, especially on the younger um uh uh, uh spectrum, that you are starting out a career, you are uh, having babies, you are raising up a family, it just so happened, it is at this time, the world is also, uh, not the world, the human life is also calling you, requiring of you, demanding of you, and also the world is also calling, bidding, for you to make more money, for you to... um, Uh, get to some higher position for you, to make a name for you. And all of this are just happening also at the same time. So herein is a fight. Herein is a battle. Herein is what? Is a need for decision. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm going to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, in the way of being frank and open, uh, there is a need for decision. Now I'm to do this. I'm going to hark back to our recent, uh, summer training, you know, on the crystallization of those three uh, history books, and that would be um, 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 uh, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Now, um, I want to talk to you today using the second of the three books, because on Labor Day, last Lord's Day morning, I share from the first book concerning Joshua and Jehovah's encouragement to him uh Jehovah's promise to him and the Jehovah's charge to him to be strong and to be very courageous um, to what? To pass on uh, through the river Jordan to enter, to fight and possess that land that God has given to Israel. So, um, but today i want to use the other two books and that is judges and ruth to say the same thing to you to speak the same burden with you albeit from a slightly different angle now first talking this matter of the need for decision i like to use the case of another two persons actually um Last Lord's Day, I mainly talk about Joshua. And I should have say something more if I had the time and the memory or remembrance at the time to really speak about Joshua's partner. And that would be Caleb. And oh, Caleb, what, what a type of an overcomer. Uh, what a type of a faithful follower. Follower of God. What a type of a, um, of a warrior of faith. This is Joshua's right hand. Joshua is a type of Jesus. You know, uh, actually the word Joshua is the Old Testament Jesus. He's a type of the captain of salvation. He is a type of our leader, uh, Jesus today the one who is ascended to the heavens as the leader, our leader. And so um, he is the captain of the, uh, the, the host of Jehovah. And who are we? We are not only Israelites. I pray that we would have the vision and the burden to be Caleb. You know who is Caleb? Caleb is not just an Israelite. Caleb is the picture, a type of the overcoming Israelite because most of Israel failed. In fact, they failed to the extent that God would allow not even one of them above the age 20 to enter into the land. They all died in the wilderness. Their corpses were strewn there. All except Caleb. Caleb is the only one. Who went into the good land. Why? Because Caleb believed in God's word. When the 10 spies or 12 spies came back, 10 of them have nothing but bad things to say and caused the people's hearts to melt. They say they are like giants. We're like grasshoppers. Forget about it. Moses, why do you take us out here? They were not just there complaining to Moses. They were offending God by their unbelief. And there's no greater sin than unbelief to God as far as God's people is concerned. But yet here is Caleb who stood up with Joshua and say, silence. No, that land is flowing with milk and honey as God has said. And the grapes that they have, it takes two men to take a whole cluster down. That place is wonderful. God has promised to us. And as to these enemies, these nations, these uh, 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 pagan tribes over there, we're going to defeat them. We're going to eat them up. My goodness, that, that was Caleb's ticket into the good land. All right. That was Caleb's faithfulness, faith and faithfulness in standing with Joshua. My, that's an overcomer. The one, the Jehovah said, this man, Caleb, who has another spirit, another spirit. Working saints
1: brothers and sisters, have another
0: spirit, exercise another spirit, the spirit of faith, the spirit of belief,
1: the spirit of war you know
0: today's nine eleven I remember that. I think some of you remember that. 3,000 died in the morning when those two towers f- fell after it was struck by two airplanes. And at that instant, that day, the next day, the whole country of U.S., was not only plunged into grief, but many, especially young people, high schoolers,
1: younger, were stirred up. They were stirred up.
0: And many, nowadays, they some of them have retired. They sign up. They sign up.
1: They said this war and terror
0: is bringing, is brought to our soils. We're under attack. We have an obligation. We have to protect this
1: country. Someone has to fight these crazy people. Someone has to do it in the name of freedom, in the name of protecting our way of life. So they did, in
0: droves. They signed up, and soon deployed and sent into battlefields in Iraq, in Afghanistan, and in that region. Some went for many deployments. Some served for years. You have regular soldiers, airmen,
1: Marines,
0: the Navy, you even got people who are what you call these special ops. You have people who are these, even these contractors who used to serve in the special ops, and now they go back to to work, whatever. You know, to
1: this day, that in total,
0: 15,000 died, U.S. people, Five times of what died, of those who died on 9-11-2001. Now, I'm not here trying to be patriotic. I'm not here to say rah-rah USA. Okay? That's not my point. Please, don't take it that way. I'm just saying the occasion is today. And I like to use that as a picture. As an American citizen, I have great respect for these not young people anymore, but they once were. If they have not stood up, if they have not signed up, if they have not gone over there, if they have not fought, if they have not suffered terrible terrible wounds and injuries, and even after they get out, continue to suffer all kinds of mental and psychological traumas and so on. And you know the story. If that has not happened, I don't know where the U.S. would be today. I don't know,
1: frankly, where the world would be today because of them. And as an American citizen, I salute them. I respect them. They stood. They fought for me.
0: For you and I. So that we can live here and play here and have families here and do things here.
1: Someone made the sacrifice. And not a few made the ultimate sacrifice. Brothers, I'm saying. The church, the recovery, your church life
0: in a way, is like this. From the time when the church was on the earth, it has been under attack because
1: God has an enemy. To plunder it, to destroy it, including one person called Saul, who went around with a letter to arrest people, to create havoc.
0: That's why he said he was the chief sinner more than any other sinners. He directly persecuted the
1: church. And the Lord said, you're persecuting me. Because the head and the body are one. So, not only so,
0: that was the outward persecution. Then, while the first apostle was still around, the enemy used other means, more subtle means, to attack the church by invading it with all manners, things
1: such as the old Judaistic things, the Jewish
0: genealogy and fables and everything to distract people from God's economy. There's the worldly philosophy, mainly the Greek,
1: the Gnostic kind. To invade the church, to dilute the church, not only to dilute. To corrupt the church and to leaven the church and to transmute the church into something else.
0: There's attack from without, there's attack from within. So that's the history of the church. You know, we read the book Judges. My goodness, eventually, the church history, you can say, reads like the book of Judges, of apostasy of idolatry, ending up with the Church of Rome, the Roman Catholic Church. And even when there was a Reformation to bring forth the so-called Protestant churches, they were still not up to God's standard. And so age to age in the last 2,000 years, in that situation, The Lord needs overcomers. I tell you, the church began to degrade at 60 AD. In Jerusalem, it has degraded into a church that people are so proud, the apostles were so proud when they showed the visiting Paul, Apostle Paul, look, we have tens of thousands who keep the law zealously. My goodness, no wonder not that long after that,
1: after Paul died,
0: Prince Titus was sent to destroy Jerusalem. There's no stone one on top of the other. Why? Because it is changing the church. It's nature into something, bringing it back to the Old Testament, a wrong dispensation, an
1: old dispensation,
0: and all the, the all the other things. The church and the world got married
1: in Pergamos, Thyatira,
0: the church of Rome. The Rome church, Romish church. Sardis, the Protestant church, that is, has a name, it's living, but it's dead.
1: And nothing it did was complete. And it is always about to die. And then you
0: have Philadelphia, the only good church, the recovered church. But after Philadelphia, there's still another church, and that is the degraded recovered church called Laodicea. A church that professed to be rich and clothed and have sight, and yet it is poor and naked and blind. It is neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm. And Christ is actually standing outside of her door. Lukewarmness, deadness, worldliness, apostasy. Everyone doing what's right in their own eyes, as in the case of Judges is among us, us, I mean, in this age we're in. Dear brothers and sisters, <clears throat> um, you can tell with the forcefulness of my speech right now how burdened I am. For the Lord's interest, for the church life everywhere, and specifically in Northern California. Who will
1: answer the Lord's call? Who will go to war? Who will make the decision To protect our country. Who will pay the price? As the song says,
0: are you an overcomer or will you be an overcomer? Will you make this choice? I now go back to the case of another, the second couple. And this is the couple in the book of Judges. In the book of Judges. Not a married couple, but a couple nevertheless. And that would be Deborah and Barak.
1: Deborah and Barak.
0: You know, Israel was going through cycles of failure cycles, cyclical failures, one after another. And the Lord has to raise up some different judges uh, to fight against the enemy. And so this is the third cycle. And the Lord, in this case, there was already a Barak there, a man there, leading. But the Lord, because even at that time, there was not even the right men who would rise up to do the job. God has to raise up a woman, a woman. And uh, where am I here? Yeah, you read the footnote, you read the outlines from the recent training. Doing something quite extraordinary, God did. He was forced to use a woman, but not any woman, a woman who is fully in submission to God and one who acknowledged God's ordination between the male and the female. She took that position. Of course, she must have been very capable, but she... Was very submissive. I think, I think, you know, it was in message five or something, a very wonderful message from the, this recent training, right? He took the lead to practice the female submission to Barak. And because of that, the whole nation came under a very orderly situation. But he has, she had the ability to lead and to fight. But the condition at that time, because under Barak and her leadership, was so good. So good, not only the enemies were defeated, but what? But she, this is Deborah, became a mother of Israel. Mother of Israel. There's a lot of good things in the outline about that. But my point this morning is this. And that is in the song of Deborah and Barak. There are these two lines that you should have heard about or familiar with. And that is in verse 15 and 16. Among the divisions of Reuben, there were great resolutions in heart. Verse 16, in the divisions of Reuben, There were great searchings of heart. This is my first burden this morning. Brothers and sisters, dear working saints, I would like to tell you today, there needs to be great resolutions and great searchings of heart. And I ask you, I challenge you all to be before the Lord in these days while we're having this perfecting fellowship, to personally, maybe as a married couple, depends on your situation, but at least personally, and mainly personally, I want to make this very personal, Personally, go to the Lord in a special way, not in a general morning revival way, not in, not, no, not in that way. Yourself, mark out some time, okay? Set aside a period of time in these days, in these weeks, to go to the Lord And
1: be before him in his presence.
0: I don't even say to just pray or intercede. I won't even say that because it can give you a kind of common understanding. To what? To
1: search your heart. And to make a resolution. I did that.
0: And I did that many times, and I think others did. But now you all have to do this. You may have done this, but I ask you to do it again. This is a pivotal moment in Northern California. This is a pivotal moment in the church life in this country. A generation of working saints have come of age. Many have been trained even. Many have gone through the full-time training. Many are in some responsibility in the church life. But many are busy doing other things, taking care of the human life and uh, uh, the career, the family, and, and so many other things. Brothers, 20 years now, from 2001 one nine eleven, the world, as I'm told, and I believe this, is now more dangerous than 20 years ago. I'm talking about out there. I hope that's not the case. But all the signs tell me that is the case. The world generally will not improve. The situation will not be more peaceful despite people crying, peace, peace. Just look at this country internally. The polarization, the division, the animosity, the hatred, the impossibility of coming together. It's ripping this country apart socially, culturally. Institutionally, academically in every way.
1: People are lost.
0: Yeah, the economy seems to be roaring and good. But brothers and sisters, today the world is not stable. Extremely volatile. And we pray, I remember, beseeching.org over a year ago. We started by praying for the white horse. You remember that? That while the other horses are running, the horse of war, the horse of famine, the horse of death, through what? Plagues, look at this pandemic. When is it going to end? And this pandemic has really changed the whole way we live. All of this, all of this, yes, they're outward. But I ask you, brothers and sisters, to take a good look at this. Look at this and look at where you are. What are we doing here? Where is the world going? Am I just going to be part of that, flowing downstream, blindly, senselessly, taking care of ourselves, having a good life, making money? going on vacations, I'm not saying these things are wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying, it begs the question, what is the purpose of our lives? What is the meaning of life? What are we doing here in the church life? Just what are we doing here? I, I know I'm past the time. I think the brothers gave me some freedom. I'm going to have to finish my burden for this first session. You have to go to the Lord. I have to go to the Lord and search and have great searchings and have great resolve. You know, I read from the outline here, from Message Seven, in this recent training, to have a great resolve is to make a firm decision. I've, I am so burdened, brothers and sisters, for you. In this light, what light?
1: Decision. This is not about feeling, or not just about feeling. This is about our will. You know, to be an overcomer
0: cannot be a feeling. To be an overcomer cannot be a wish or a dream. In my experience, the only way to be an overcomer is I decide to become one. And I've made that decision. Whether I will be counted in that number or not, only the Lord knows. But as far as I am concerned, as I said last Sunday, if I am a man, I have to be a Christian. If I am a Christian, I have to be in the church. If I'm in the church, I have to overcome. Otherwise, what's the point?
1: You go all the way, but you fail
0: to reach the goal. You know, we're in this next meeting. I'm going to talk about becoming vital. Do you know, and sisters, becoming vital? Yes, it's a matter of contacting the Lord. Yes, it's a matter of much and thorough prayer. Yes, it is by blending. Yes, to all of that. But this morning, i like to tell you, to become a vital overcomer in the church life today is up to you to decide whether you will be one or not. The Spirit follows our decision, not the other way around. When we take the initiative, when we decide to go a certain way, the Lord comes in. Grace will follow.
1: The supply will come.
0: Let me read this. To have a great resolve or resolution is to make a firm decision and to have a great searching, the searchings of heart, is to devise a plan. Listen to this. Devise a plan, a plan to live to the Lord and to live out the Lord for his up-to-date recovery in the building up of his body, the preparation of his bride, and the ushering of his kingdom in its manifestation. you got to devise a plan. To work that out. And dear brothers and sisters, the vision has been presented to us. The truth is here. Even God's economy has been shown to us. None of us can say we don't know what that is. None of us can say we don't know what the Lord's heart's desire is. What the Lord's eternal purpose is. What God's economy is. Uh, the, w- w- what is the new Jerusalem? The consummation of God's um, plan and intention. We we cannot say we don't know these things. We have in we have known enough. We know more than other Christians by a stretch. But are these just books on the bookshelf? Are these just mental apprehension as teachings and doctrines and mere quote-quote truths? Or, or have these things, have these things been converted into a plan for the rest of our lives to live, to live out and to work out all these things. So I beg you, you know, brotherly, you sometimes use the word, I beg you, I plead with you in these days, follow Reuben and spend the time, take the time deliberately. To do this. To make decision before the Lord. Don't, I would even say, don't go to the Lord. Lord, do you want me to be an overcomer? No, no, that's the wrong prayer. You have to go to the Lord. Lord, I have no choice. You call already. He who overcomes seven times in seven epistles. Because everything is degraded. Where are the overcomers? Where are those who will enlist and fight for the kingdom? Lord, I'm here to make a resolution. I'm here meaning business with you. I'm here exercising my will to align with yours. I'm here to make a decision in your presence. And not only make the decision, you make a plan. You devise a plan out of much searching. You need time to search your heart. This is not a quickie thing. This is not a light thing. This is not a game great searching of heart, your present, your future, your marriage, your family, your career, the rest of your life. What is it all about? What is my plan? How then shall I live knowing all these glorious things? Under this glorious vision, Lord, to live to you, to pursue you, With everything in my being. To pay the price.
1: To gain Christ. To be here for your interest in
0: the gospel. For, to, for, for the increase of your church. For here to build up the church life. The local churches
1: that are in aggregate your
0: body, Lord, even here to prepare your bride, to prepare the bride, to adorn the bride. Lord, I'm for this. This is why I'm breathing. This is why I'm living. Lord, this is why you knew me. This is why you called me. This is why you made me. This is why you saved me. And this is why you brought me into the Lord's recovery. And Lord, today you have a need. This quote, quote, nation, your kingdom has a need. Lord, I made the decision. Strengthen me. Empower me with your grace.
1: But the decision is made. Lord, help me to devise a plan, because I mean business. Dear
0: ones, if we would all do this, if we would all do this, if all the churches, especially with all these you working saints, can experience these resolutions and searchings, the end, and I'm done here, wrap up here, the end of this song of Deborah and Barak will be yours. It says this in verse 31, chapter 5, May all your enemies so perish, O Jehovah, but may those who love him like the sun, when it rises in its might.
1: You know what this is? This is the overcomer,
0: or these are the overcomers. It says here, Overcomers who are reconstituted with a healing Christ as the Son of righteousness will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. On the one hand, as those who are waiting for the Lord's coming to arise in us as a day star in our hearts by heeding the word of prophecy, On the one hand,
1: we're waiting for that morning star to appear. But here it's another kind of waiting. It is waiting to join the one who will
0: come as the Son of righteousness, as those who would welcome the Lord back as his overcomers. In fact, it's the overcomers that will bring the Lord Jesus back. I have made the decision. Many have made the decision. And many saints who have passed on have made that decision. Now it's you, for you all, to make this same decision. But today, we're closer to the end than ever before. The situation is darker than ever before. The need for the Lord's prevailing and strong testimony on this earth is more than ever before. May you all have the grace
1: from the Lord to do this. I stop here. Amen.